This is The Lore Check. Hello, other people, and thank you for joining us for episode 8 of The Lore Check. I'm your host, Brandon Michael Terry, and with me as always is my co-host, Devin, Rage Against the Machine, Voight. I auditioned to be a part of the band, uh, but they kicked me out because I literally brought a machine and beat it until it exploded. That poor machine. Was it like a robot? Like living machine? Or... Yeah, you know the the ones where they uh, they make the robots walk now? Yeah. And they attach, like, deer heads to them and stuff as jokes? Yeah. It was not one of those. <laughs> okay. Well, today we actually have our first guest in Lord Check history. Please welcome Anthony Richt. What up, everyone? My name is Anthony. Uh, I was told when I came here I am their, I'm the fourth tier guest. So three other people have backed out before me. That makes me feel loved, cherished, and very welcomed. I mean, as much as Anthony's trying to make us feel bad, that actually is kind of true. Yep. Well... Before we get started today, we actually want to introduce you to Anthony a little bit. But, to let you guys know, we will be covering cyberpunk, steampunk, the whole punk genre today. Having fun with it. We're going to be covering all the punks. All the punks. And Anthony, in classic lore, Shadowrun setting, fun cyberpunk dystopian world, you're in it. Okay. You're on a Shadowrun team. Yep. What would your role be? Mmm, well I try to roll D20s mostly, but it doesn't always work out. Doesn't work in Shadowrun at all, actually. <laughs> I played Shadowrun one time, and it was the worst thing I've ever done. Probably you rolled D20s all the time, probably who got mad at you. I got a lot of really weird looks, they didn't let me come back, so that's probably what it was. Um, so, I looked through these Shadowrun archetypes, I did not like any of them. So, I realized if in the world, what I would be is the inside guy. So it's all about big corporations and heights, mm-hmm. right? So I'd be the guy that goes in. I get that low-level job. I mop the floors. But then I work my way to the top slowly. I take out the man from the inside. Take all the codes, sell them out. That'd be my role. Mm. Sounds like a faces role, actually. I'd be a face. You are a face. Anthony. I'd be a talking face in the world. But may I, may I critique your, your plan there a little? Okay. Okay. It would be better to, instead of going into a corporate role, uh, go into a bank, right? And if you're going to be the inside person there, then you get a job. And the bank literally mm-hmm. pays you money mm-hmm. every week from the bank. Yep. And they'll never know that you're just taking it. <laughs> the slow robbery <laughs> of the bank. The slow, that's trickle-down economics, right? Something like that. No one actually knows what trickle-down economics is. So that's close enough. Well, Anthony, your second question, so you, you'll be a face. Uh-huh. But how about this? You're in Shadowrun. Okay. You have all this cyber tech and biotech to put inside your body, uh-huh. cyberware and bioware. Yep. What would you augment and why? Here is what I would augment. I would augment my face. I would make myself the most handsome person the Shadowrun <laughs> universe has ever seen. Because I was thinking through it, I'm like, okay, I can probably shoot lasers out of my eyes or like fireballs out of my hands or something. That'd be really cool. But if I could, if I was handsome enough, I could just talk people into doing that all for me. I guess that's true. So you'd be the equivalent of Borderlands Handsome Jack. Sure. And then I was thinking... Kind of looks like him a little bit. Oh, man. It does. That's the best compliment I've received all day. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> and I was saying about that, I'm like, I made myself more handsome. Wait a minute, we live in a role of plastic surgery. And then I wrestled through existential fear all day. Because you wonder if you actually wanted to exercise. No, I was wondering, like, are we in Shadowrun but don't know it? Are oh. we cogs in the machine? I thought you were planning on getting plastic surgery on yourself, and that was no, the problem. I can't. I'm very poor, Brandon. I can't afford it. They're, they're alone, but you're too <laughs> handsome to get surgery. So that's what you do. And people listening, you might have already understand, Andy doesn't have a huge grasp of the Shadowrun universe. He likes punk stuff, but Shadowrun might not be his expertise. Told you, I played once, hated it. The game was fun, and the rulebook was fun. The people I played it with were just a bunch of fat, sweaty nerds. Wow. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Probably gonna trim that editing. Or not. Well, you know, here's the thing. Hear me out. They were fat, sweaty nerds with neckbeards. And here's the thing. You can be you can be fat. You can be sweaty. You can be a nerd, but don't have a neckbeard. You, or you can be any one of those things. Anthony, you're different. You're... We invite you on our show as our guest, and you begin insulting people who may be listening, and then when we call you out on it, you 
argue a defense for why <laughs> you extend it. <laughs> you extend it. Make it worse. Yeah, that's what I do. Fair enough. Devin, you'll have to shave your neck beard now. Sorry. I've been playing it on. Let's go to the final thing, Anthony. So you're in this dystopian cyberpunk world. And in these worlds, there's always a government that's crazy, powerful, and always a little bit evil. So at some point, you're probably going to get executed. Yep. I guarantee you, Anthony, you mm-hmm. will. What do you think you'll be executed for? Oh, uh, everyone was raising their hand. I thought I had a comment. No, you're fine. Okay. Um, good. So I've executed for one, one of two things. One, <laughs> my gambling addiction for scratch-off lottery cards. Okay. I don't think that would go over well in the Shadow Punk universe. I mean, they would love the addiction. Yeah, they'd actually probably find fun with that. And two, role-playing games. Because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you need to play role-playing games, the whole point is to overturn said dystopian worlds, right? I actually never actually thought about it too much. And what if there is <laughs> role-playing in the Shadow universe? Yeah. Like, we're just all about... What if I was a Shadowrun overthrowing the government? Exactly, and it's probably like CD Underground because they don't want people actually living that fantasies out. Or what if, what if it was them role-playing our existence, like the average day-to-day human life where they don't have to worry about their government trying to destroy them? What if they just role-played like getting up at you know 6 a.m., taking a shower? Yeah. Have, having <laughs> a yard to, to yourself, just having a nice loving marriage with someone. Oh, man. Yeah, that's 2.5 kids, picket fence. But there actually is... in. In World of Darkness, in Werewolf Apocalypse, there actually is an accompany devoted to making role-playing tabletop games. So really? you get a real meta game. Have your characters play a role-playing game within your role-playing game. I feel like you would die doing that. You might. Who knows? But before we get too deep into some super meta paradoxes, let's get on to our main topic for the day. So, Devin, can you tell us what are we discussing? So today we're going to be discussing all the punks. And what I mean by that is all of the different style punk role-playing games. It's going to be steampunk. It's going to be cyberpunk. Pop punk. Punk rock. Mm. All of it. Well, maybe not too much the music, but that is there is a connection <laughs> there. So we begin the same question as always: What is it? What is cyberpunk? Devin, do you have any opening thoughts about what cyberpunk would be? I think cyberpunk is people wearing a lot of flashy trench coats, mm-hmm. uh, some neon streaks on their hair, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of very powerful technology. But generally, that technology is used for not necessarily evil purposes, mm-hmm. but maybe um, selfish. Purposes. Okay. Anthony, any thoughts? Yeah, I imagine the role-playing equi- equivalent to synth-pop. Okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it has such an 80s aesthetic. Yes, it does. Which is the thing that, especially in Shadowrun, mm-hmm. which is the thing that I, I mostly think about when I think of steampunk or or punk thing. Yeah, cyberpunk definitely is 80s aesthetic. I think whenever people invented cyberpunk, they then assumed that all style would stop in the 80s. Which, I mean, they were kind of wrong, but not fully. Not fully wrong. Steampunk is a whole other aesthetic involving leather, goggles, all stuff. So yeah, I think... Yeah, I got it, But it is important, like... I think one of the reasons we'll talk about later that people love these genres is the aesthetic that goes with them. Especially with LARPing people, steampunks love that aesthetic. But I'd say another big thing is we just got done with sci- sci-fi last episode. And in that, we talk about the future, the possibility of technology. Cyberpunk and steampunk have that same thing of some kind of science fiction, either super futuristic technology such as cyberware and all that stuff, or it's called retrofuturism, where you go back in time to like steam technology... Stone Age technology, diesel technology. And that's the question. What if? Mm-hmm. What if they used it this way instead of that? But despite how awesome the technology is, it always results in the government usually oppressing its people. Almost all these punk genres, there's always some level of dystopian freedom fighter mentality in all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things of what makes it what it is, is it's a dark twist on the sci-fi genre. But it's fun. People like to be the underdog. Uh, that's part of why everyone likes Star Wars so much, is you're watching the rebellion mm-hmm. be oppressed by this galactic empire. And then slowly work to eventually overcome it. Well, maybe. We haven't seen the final movie. We haven't. We'll see. Maybe they might lose. I hope so. I, I mean, JJ's directing, so they probably don't lose. They probably don't lose. Yeah, so there is some connection with the punk genre. So, Anthony, when you think of punk genre music, why do you think that, that genre was started? Well, I think it just taps into that 
that in, that inner angst. Because mm. you do feel like the world's stacked against you and that everyone's conspiring for your like ultimate defeat. And so you want to rage against it. Mm-hmm. And that is really like where the punk genre starts. I think we see a lot of that come through in, in all these punk punk genres. The whole, the idea of being able to do something against this world stacked against you. Yeah, it's kind of like to use my, my nickname. Uh, it's like they're raging against the machine. Like your nickname, Raging Against the Machine. That is, that is right. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Are they still a band? I don't know. Yeah, they have them coming out in like 2055. Wow, good for them. I think you're right. There is that thing. But the weird thing is, punk music, a lot of people who I've talked to, I don't know a lot about music, really think that punk music as a whole have lost that that origin, the little angst, the hate against them, the establishment. And it's just basically become whatever punk music is today. The bright side is cyberpunk and steampunk have not left that. They're still all about that freedom fighting, all about the hating the system. And you have role-playing here. So you throw yourself into these worlds where technology is super awesome. It still has to be what-if wonder question that sci-fi does, but it tweaks it to make it really gritty, dirty, or just hoping for something they don't get. So, that's why I mean what steampunk or cyberpunk is. Why do we like it? Like, why do you think people enjoy the genre? Even literary, all that, Devin. I think it's the style. Yeah? The style of clothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing. The only thing. In steampunk, you get to wear goggles that have goggles attached to them. You get to wear a 10-foot-tall top hat. You get to wear long dusters. Um, you know, your car's powered by steam. You have the hot air balloons powered by steam. Uh, Will Smith was in a movie, Wild Wild West, I think it was. Yep, Wild Wild West. You're right. Yeah. yeah, that was very steampunky. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was. It was totally steampunky. And it was very much... Uh, <laughs> Machine at the end, probably was dope. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, it was all right. And the aesthetic, and people seem to think they like it. I mean, Will Smith liked it so much they turned down a role in Matrix. So what? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, this is a hot take from Brandon. No, like it's 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 publicized at least rumor that Will Smith was originally gonna audition for the role of Neo in the Matrix and said, "Nah, Wild Wild West is where it's at," and went that way instead for what? a reason. So he went steampunk instead of cyberpunk. He did go steampunk instead of cyberpunk. Yeah, two sides of the same punk. <laughs> Wilson knew he had to be a punk in some way, so he went that way. <laughs> Anything else you think that people might like? Because I don't think that's the only thing people like is the aesthetic. They love it. And sometimes they look kind of cool. Like, steampunk people, like, they put a lot of effort in making those outfits. Oh, yeah, like the like, like the, the corsets, the makeup that goes behind it, the way they do their hair. Leather jumpers, the, all that. Yeah, like the monocles and, like, the, the boots that come up to their, like, mid-calf. Yeah. Anything else? But I do think even more, uh, Shadowrun came around, like, the 80s, right? Yep, they came out in the yeah. 80s. And so... I imagine the world is kind of entrenched in D&D, this kind of high mm-hmm. fantasy, but then um, it gave it, it gave you something very different. It gave yeah. you a different universe with different rules and different classes and different imagination, and it kind of allowed your mind to build a little bit differently, which I think is probably a lot of the reason. So, uh, yes, aesthetic, but also just the imagination yeah. and world and the, the world building of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is a completely different feel to how the things are used. I mean, magic is still a big part of Shadowrun and other cyberpunk things. You have Cyberpunk 2020 where it's just straightforward. It is just body augmentation and government conspiracy. There's a new game called Identico that's coming out soon. It's going to be a great cyberpunk setting. And it's going to all be about just trying to overcome the government where you guys should be the government in that game and like basically be trying to oppress freedom fighters, which is going to take on the genre. But it still has that aesthetic, the punkiness, the we never got out of the 80s, but we went to the future anyways. I think I would really like to make my own cyberpunk game where it's really just a fashion show and you're just constantly augmenting your body to see who can look the best. Huh. That might be more of a board game, but I like it. Let's talk about that later, Devin. Okay. But, yes. As a guest, can I pose a question? Of course. What would you wear in a cyberpunk universe? Mm, that's a great question. Devin, what about you? Um, are we just going with outerwear or are we doing the whole nine yards? No, it's, it's, it's your choice. Whatever you want. Uh, definitely a uh, black leather uh, man thong. Required, yes. <laughs> um, 
pistol holsters, maybe a black leather cowboy vest, mm-hmm. and a um, probably a. Uh, do you think the Colts are still a football team? Definitely in the uh, future, but they're all robots. I'd wear, oh yeah, definitely. I'd wear a Colts hat. <laughs> Um, and, uh, some, probably some Crocs. I'm still glad I asked this question. I honestly don't know what to think about that aesthetic, Devin. Like, it kind of seems like you're a, a stripper on his vacation, on his day off, just kind of lounging around the house. We didn't say the occupation. He asked what I was wearing. Listen, for our huge lore check fan base out there, on all of you aspiring artists, please tweet at us or email a picture of Devin in this outfit. Yep. You know the email, lorecheck at gmail.com. Please, just send us some personal drawings of what that would look like. We will mention you on the next episode. Absolutely, I will. As for me, I don't think I'd go that far, but I would I would have to go for the mohawk look. Like, I love that mohawk look. But I mean mohawk, I mean like straight up, taller than I am, mm-hmm. bright neon pink, mm. and maybe some ornaments coming off of it as well. Well, you already have a, you already have a bit of a mohawk going right now. A little bit, yeah, depending on how my hair looks that day. But I, I can't put ornaments in it yet. I want a Christmas tree on top of my head, but a pink Christmas tree on top of my head. And then, like, for outfits, I probably just wear, like, pure denim. <laughs> like, all the way from, from my head, or below my, below my head, all the way down to pure denim vest, denim shirt, denim pants, denim shoes they got him by then. That's very Chuck Norris of you. Yep, it's like you only shop at Levi. <laughs> but just really big, like, studs throughout, like, metal studs Ooh. throughout the entire Oh, thing. so you have a battle jacket. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you definitely ride a bicycle, right? Or like a motorbike. Well, I don't think I could because I can't put a helmet on top of my head. Helmets point. are for losers. <laughs> no, wear a helmet, audience. Wear yes, a helmet. Please wear a helmet. But Anthony, same question to you, though. Uh, I think in this universe, I would wear one. Like the bright green visor. You need the bright green visor. And mm. for the headwear, and like four dusters. Just dusters on dusters. Because I really want a lot of pockets. I think that's the key to surviving this universe is a lot of pockets. Why do you need all those pockets? Just get a handy haversack. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you gotta sell stuff. Shut up, Devin. <laughs> you, you get, you're always bartering. You gotta hack a lot of stuff. So you got all your components and your keyboards just all in all your pockets. I get that, yeah. Yeah. So I think another thing, like what the aesthetic goes, is for steampunk in particular, it's the aesthetic of the technology that we didn't get. So steampunk takes us back to, like, imagine you're back in a time where steam power technology is the cutting edge. And then imagine, instead of moving on to the industrial revolution of electricity, we instead use that steam technology to make laser weapons somehow. So I'm not sure how steampunk has it. A lot of steampunk has, like, beam and guns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, electricity guns. Grappling hooks. Very Tesla. Yeah, very Tesla-like right? technology. Yeah. Yep. Giant airships. Like, sky mm-hmm. full of airships. Blimps. Yeah, people love this No, bring, bring back the Zeppelin. <laughs> bring back the Zeppelin, bring back Z- That's the hashtag. <laughs> bring back the Zeppelin hashtag. <laughs> So that, that is part of what we, they love it is, it has this weird thing, like, you can match a technology that we didn't get, we could have, at least theoretically had. We could have done that Tesla-like technology. We could have made steam power give us, like, giant robot spiders. Probably shouldn't have had that, but, you know, we could have. Or we should have. Maybe we should have had that fight in the Civil War for us, giant robot spiders. I think it would have been a very different war. Hmm? I mean, that's a hot take. I know it's, uh, historians going to fight me on that, but... Then you're, you're a history major. What would you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was actually about to chip in. Um, when I was getting my BA in history... Mm-hmm. Um, I remember discussing the, the Civil War. Okay, I would say um, giant spiders. It was like a one-day class. They yeah. didn't see it that important. But the teacher brought up a very good point. It was not the North versus the South. It was actually the North versus vampires. Mm. They made a movie about it. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Historically accurate to a T. Is that what professor told you? I'm told story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even I mean, that's why Lincoln was assassinated. He knew the truth. Hmm. It, I mean, it, it wasn't a, you know, his hat wasn't getting in the way of the person behind him or anything. It was just, he knew the truth about the vampires. So then to stay on topic, 
How would a giant spider help with this vampire war? Um, it probably wouldn't. It could probably shoot out, like, uh, one steaks from its fangs, <laughs> and, like, uh, garlic juice everywhere as its venom. It was, like, built to kill vampires. Oh, I know how it would help. How would it help? Uh, line the robot spiders with silver mirrors. Okay. So they're the werewolves. So the werewolves, and just so they... No, but that, that's why vampires can't see their own reflection, is because back in the day, so mirrors were made with silver... And silver wouldn't reflect a vampire. That's why. Hmm. But how does that stop them? That just makes them, like, not see themselves. They're, yeah, they're very uncomfortable because they're like, oh no, I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> Do I exist? And they, they tap out. Devin's war strategy, make your opponents as uncomfortable as possible. It's called psychological like, warfare. Well, so far, get a lot of silver. First step, any war, lots of silver. <laughs> and well, not to cover giant robot spiders worth. Well, given that, and another historical little tidbit, uh, given that they were on a silver standard at that point as well. There was plenty of it to go around. It's true. That's the way it works. Okay. I've well, listened to every episode so far. This is by far the most educational. So you're welcome, audience. The most educational episode of the Check. Thank you, Devin. Yeah, you offer that to them. I'll, I and I'll continue to do so. Okay. So in some ways, that is why we love we love the steampunk cyberpunk genre. You have conversations like that because how you dress, how your character dresses, is a very important part of it. The possibilities of technology that you have, the grittiness of it, is a part of it. What about we transfer it to games, Devin? Why do you think people enjoy games like Cyberpunk, like Shadowrun, games like whatever steampunk games are out there? I can't think of one off the top of my head, but they exist. Mm-hmm. Why do you enjoy these role playing games? Uh, for for me personally, and um, I'm assuming for others as well, yeah. I think a reason that a lot of people would enjoy it is because there's kind of that cool idea of being in that dingy, crowded mm. city that's always overcast, it's always dark, there's always, it either is raining or it looks like it just rained. That's because it's in Seattle. Yeah. Exactly. There's the neon lights everywhere. And you know that you are living in this broken down world, but you have the ability, you have the power to do something about it. Whether it's for um, altruistic means or wanting to help out other people or whether it's just selfish and you want to get yourself out of that situation so you can one day be an oppressor. You well, could. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah, that is, that is an option in Shadowrun. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Shot Cyberpunk does give you the opportunity to be this start from the bottom, fight your way up, scrapping mm. for your life kind of feeling. And we all want to be that kind of person. Fight, Fight for it. Scrape for every last living piece of happiness. You know, I think I don't. I don't know if anyone in this room knows who this guy is, but Gary Vaynerchuk. Name uh, sounds familiar, but not can't entrepreneur. Uh, phenomenal guy. I've never met him. It's but a great guy. He's on. He's all <laughs> over the internet. Um, Steampunk. I think he would. He, the whole thing about like, oh, you're fighting at the bottom and clawing your way to the top. That's kind of his story. I think he would make a real good cyberpunk. Hmm, interesting. You should really think about that. That line of work. Yeah. If, Gary, if you're listening to us, we just gave you another option for your next book or your next life series. Well, I'm a cyberpunk. The story of Gary, I forget his last name. No one can pronounce that last name. But Anthony, do you, do you get Devin's point? Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I also just think it gives us something different. It gives us like mm-hmm. a, a different set of mechanics in a different world and we can go in and we can hack. Hacking's a huge part of the game. It is. And cyberpunk in general, and it's really cool. So what about the difference between cyberpunk and sci-fi? Why would you play a cyberpunk game and not just a straight sci-fi? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think I think it is that, that scraping element of it. It's it starting from the bottom element. Okay. Because you get that in sci-fi, but usually in sci-fi you're like, oh, I'm a smuggler on a ship, and I got this shipment that I wasn't supposed to talk about, and yada, yada, yada. But there really isn't like, oh, you probably live in a cardboard box in the bottom of a city where you're trying to take care of your mom because she's, I don't know, full of like... Trench foot. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Great disease name. And then, and, and then you... you you're in like some sleazy bar with like glowing drinks and songs up to you and says, Hey, I got a job for you. And you need the cash, and so you take it and you kind of work your way up and you get involved in this whole conspiracy. That's the fun. I love it, Anthony. That is a lot of fun. Like having a team that's about that. Cause in games like sci-fi, like Starfinder, 
You can do the hacking, you can be a smuggler. That's mostly because it was your choice and you had other options to be a good person. In most cyberpunk worlds, it's either be a criminal or give your soul up to the megacorps. You only have a choice to just be a good average person and live a happy life. It's all bad. So the best you can do is be a dark hero who fights for whatever they can. Barely a good person. Like, punk games aren't made for, like, good moral people, usually. At least not Cyberpunk, or at least not a Shadowrun. We also like that negative twist to it. We like the fact that the world is oppressive. Because you mentioned earlier, Anthony, we all have that feeling that the world we live in, sometimes it's oppressing us. Oh, definitely. It's oppressing us. Yep. The world's oppressing you, Anthony? Every day. How so? Oh, Brandon, I didn't know we were on, like, the Dr. Phil podcast. (laughs) I don't know, like, maybe you're, like... I don't know, man. Like, rent's high. Everything's expensive. Car insurance... Life insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, need I go on? I think you can lean all the insurance types unless you have boats. <laughs> a lot of insurance. There's a lot of insurance. And we were paying people just in case bad things happen. Exactly. We pay lots yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. Who's no bad things are going to happen to us? Yeah, I mean, the cost of living is certainly high, but we also have to take into account, like, that there are, I, I do believe, you know, there are systemic systems put in place to, like, put people down to kind of stunt advancement because I think the people in power sometimes are afraid of what happens if we can't control them. I don't know. Wow. Devin, that's some. Pretty, uh, pretty serious accusations to the government. Then we give a whole episode of you, Devin, just a rant about the, the powers that be. I think we need a whole different podcast. No, we'll have a whole episode on it, just, just for you, Devin. <laughs> to rant about how role-playing games gave you an outlet. That's our bonus episode, if we get one million shares. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Devin will just go on a full-on rant for all of you. But yeah, I do think that's part we enjoy it. Moving on to the final topic we usually cover in these podcasts. How can GMs make sure they keep the feel? What are some tips we can buy GMs and players? Devin, anything you want to start with? I think that to keep the real feel going, I think the game masters can kind of try thinking outside the box and actually maybe sometimes play unfairly towards their players. A lot of times, while players will reap the benefits or repercussions of their actions, you know, in those kind of worlds and settings, I think sometimes the GM really does need to put down the hammer and to force their players to sometimes just eat dirt in a way. And there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason other than they live in this world, this stuff happens. Use it as plot fuel to make them, you know, even angrier, give them more of a reason to to rebel, to fight back. Good. So if I were GM a game for Devin, I'm going to make his life suck. Do you agree with that, Anthony? Absolutely. Game Let them fail. Yeah. Anything you might you might add to kind of make it a more cyberpunk, steampunk feel to a game? Mm, soundtrack. All soundtrack. kind of soundtrack. What kind of music would you suggest, then? 80s synth pop. Strange any, any, any particular thing? Mm. Particular band you think would be absolutely perfect? Oh, that's a hard one. Actually, there's a... Oh, I don't get off track. I can't have to look it up. I forget the name of it. I found an album the other day that was perfect for this. Well, while Anthony's finding that album for us... I'll suggest that I think music is very helpful. It helps create the setting. I think also similar to Devin, creating the answer, creating the hardness of the world. Give them consequences. Like, let them know, like, you don't only have a good choice right now. You can rebel and possibly risk losing your life or your freedom. Or you can not rebel. And, and this is the part of the episode where Anthony anything. gives the wrong Anthony, name of the band. And then later calls me so and tells me to delete that from the episode. So now you'll never know what Anthony recommended to you. And we return to the show now. No, he's not Brandon. Stop lying to the listeners. Okay, so if you want to enjoy that setting, Anthony's going to recommend that for you. As for players, if you're, make sure to keep in mind like, what your character is fighting for, what their past is. Like, mm. the right. in these settings, what you're trying to escape from is a big part of what your character's motivations are. You're either going to try and save from poverty, or maybe just boredom, or you were a corp employee trying to get out. Maybe your mom's dying, and because there's so much medical bills that no one pays for, she's going to die unless you do something. Bring that past into the story. That's going to be a huge part of why you're fighting the establishment. And give a reason why you hate the establishment. Did they screw you over at some point? Then become a very angry person. Like, if you're not angry while playing Shadowrun, at least somewhat angry, mm. or disillusion might be a better one. Disillusionment is a great for this. 
your characters are happy-go-lucky, you might know what world you're sitting in right now. That's probably why the group I play with didn't like me. I was a very happy-go-lucky gang member. <laughs> happy-go-lucky gang member. Yeah. Okay. And like, what does that mean? You're just very positive, like, all right, guys, come yeah, on, so uh, back- today's going to be a good day. His backstory was his brother was, like, head honcho in one of the big gangs, but he was a doofy younger brother, and his older brother told him to get in the gang, he had to pay a thousand credits. And so New he year. was... N- what? New year. Whatever it was. Uh, and so <laughs> there was no way he was getting that, so he was trying to work a bunch of side jobs to get into this gang. <laughs> to prove his value? Yeah. And how did it work out for him? Uh, it didn't work out at all. The group he was with hated him and never called him back. <laughs> he had business cards. <laughs> gang member extraordinary handed out to everybody. <laughs> Yep, so maybe don't be that way, or do, just let everyone else in your group know your character's going to be the oddball out in the setting. And that's what I'm fine. If you want to be the oddball out, just make it very clear that's who you are. I stand by what I did. I regret yeah, nothing. that's fine. If you, but make sure you, you tell them, this is what I'm going to be. If you kind of throw yourself into the setting without knowing that, it's going to feel a little awkward. You're not going to delight in the grittiness, the fightingness, and just the overall punkness of it. So, you know, be a punk. Like, that is what you enjoy the game. I think that's enough time for us today. Next time, we will be going into the episode on ooh, horror. Yeah, next time we're going to horror. The fear, the excitement, the blood-thrilling scare. The horror genre. Hope you look forward to it. Devin, final words of wisdom for us? If you want to grow up to be a good uncle, don't cyberbully and become a cyberpunkle. Nice, thank you.